So is it is it just me, or has anybody else been missing the Noteworthy podcast? Well, if it's just me, it's just me. But I have missed you guys. It's been almost a month since we have released an episode. We announced on episode 99 that we were going to be taking a little break because of our Georgia district youth camps. I've been basically living out there for the last three weeks and then went right into another youth camp. I have two more camps to go. It's been an amazing camp season. But today is a very special episode for two reasons. The first reason is that this is the 100th episode of the Noteworthy Podcast. Can you believe that? I mean, that is crazy. 100 episodes we have been able to spend time together diving into the Word of God, diving into people's testimonies and their stories, and hey, just having a really great time. It's okay to just have fun every once in a while. But the second reason today is such a special episode is I will not actually be hosting today's episode. Today, I will have two co-hosts that will be taking over the microphones, James Barler and Matthew Faircloth, two of my dearest friends. I put some vibes out there on what would be a good idea for the 100th episode. The number one result that I got was people said, do a reverse interview We want to hear you answer some of the questions that you're always asking everybody else. Now, this blew my mind. I thought you guys hear from me all the time. That seems crazy, but that's what everybody seems to want. That's what we're going to do. And because it involves two of the best guys I know, James and Matt, I'm willing to do it. So they're going to be joining me today. We're going to dive into all kinds of topics. It's going to be a little crazy. Let the pandemonium begin. It's going to be a great episode. Welcome to the Noteworthy Podcast. I am not your host, Nathan French. I am your co-host. Let's go. Episode 100. to the 100th episode of the Noteworthy Podcast. Thanks so much for joining us today. Uh, I am your host, James Barler, along with my co-host today, Matt Faircloth. Matt, how you doing? I'm great. Man, this is exciting. The 100th episode of the Noteworthy Podcast. But that's enough about us. Uh, we won't try well, we to talk say a about a couple us. more things about us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you uh, did miss our episodes, uh, 
My name is James Barler. We I was on the twentieth episode. It was right. uh, high ratings. Everybody was talking about how great it yes. was. <laughs> so you can go back and listen to the twentieth episode, and it'll probably be life changing for you. Uh, I think Brother Matt Faircloth was on the thirty thirty third. I don't episode. remember the number, but it was a really good one. It was, it was life changing, it was powerful. Nathan, yes. we haven't started asking you questions oh, yet. I'm if sorry. You remain silent, please. This is still our time. Sorry, guys. <laughs> I'm used to being in the driver's seat. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> But enough about us. We'll bring in the typical host and the creator of the Noteworthy Podcast, Nathan French. Nathan, how are you doing today? Congratulations on the 100th episode of the Noteworthy Podcast. Man, thank you guys. I am just excited to get to be doing this interview together. The three of us uh, spend a lot of time together, have a lot of fun together. So I've been looking forward to this. Like you were saying, James, I've had you and Matt on the podcast, but to have all three of us, this is going to be really special and not only special, but this is historical for the Noteworthy Podcast um, because we've never done a three mic setup. So very excited about this. This is going to be incredible. Before we get into asking uh, Nathan some questions, uh, we want to let you know that there is going to be a special surprise that we have for Nathan at the end. Brother Matt and I have picked... (sighs) The next interview that Nathan will do, and we've already got that set up for him for the 101st episode. Oh uh, so, but wait till the end of this podcast. A little teaser here. Wait till the end of the podcast, and we will reveal who that will be at the very end as a surprise to Nathan for his 100th, 100th episode. Oh my so, uh, stay tuned. Stay tuned. Well, stay tuned. I. I'm on the edge of my seat. I don't know about the listeners. But yeah, yeah. Okay. In the world. So, Matt, I'm going to pass it to you to kind of get our questions started. And uh, our, our listeners here are, uh, well, uh, there are listeners today. They're usually Nathan's <laughs> listeners. But they're, they're used to hearing Nathan uh, interview other preachers and, and, and ministers and worship leaders. Uh, but today they're going to hear a lot about Nathan, his life, ministry, um, and a lot of other fun things. So I'm going to let you kind of kick it off as we get to learn a lot about Nathan today. Oh, we're so excited to hear from Nathan. Normally, he's asking the questions. Today, he's answering them. Just to, let's just kind of um, intro this with all of the things that Nathan does, if you don't know. He hates talking about himself, but we're going to talk about him. I do, yes. So Nathan is the youth pastor at Apostolic Tabernacle. He is a worship leader. He is a singer, just like a praise singer. Yeah. (laughs) I'm trying to think of all the things you do. Uh, you're a dad and a husband. Yes. He serves as the youth secretary for the Georgia District Youth Ministries. One year interim. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else? <laughs> Did I forget something? I think Goodness. I covered. Um, that oh, makes, he I makes mean, really, of it. He makes really good chocolate chip cookies. Yes. I do. We, we've we got a plate some, here yes. on the table, so I'm going to try not to, to uh, let they you guys hear. They should be in the middle of the table because I'm feeling a little neglected. I'll right just now. hold him over here. He's also a songwriter and a recording artist. Yeah. And tons and tons of more things. So awesome dude who we love and we're thankful to be interviewing today. Thanks, guys. So let's start out with this. What does a day in the life of Nathan look like? A day in the life of Nathan. Well, um, it's it's a little different since 2020 because in 2020 I actually went full time in ministry, and so the day to day is a lot different than it used to be. I won't go into all the jobs I had throughout ministry, but now 
the day always starts with uh, Rachel and the boys. We, of course, the listeners know we have two boys, Judah and Ezra. Try to always start the day with them. And then it just depends uh, on the day. Usually throughout the week, you know, Tuesdays and Wednesdays, I try to always spend that at my church, uh, working at the church on things like the books and getting ready for our weekly youth class. We actually have two youth classes a week now, so a lot of prep for that. I'm also the music minister at the church, so I try to use those days to um, kind of pump out the music for that week and everything. So, I mean, just your typical ministry stuff, a lot of study. Um, I try to make time to meet with people, have lunch with students, things like that. And then also, since I am the Georgia District Youth Secretary, I usually try to implement that one day a week where uh, I have some district work that I do weekly. So it depends on the day. I'm blessed to have a flexible schedule for the most part outside of church. Like church is non-negotiable. That's not flexible. But when it comes to the day-to-day leading up to that, I have a pretty flexible schedule. So you're obviously very busy, as you can, as y'all can hear. Um and you're all, but you have time to record podcasts. Yeah, um, you're on your hundredth episode. So why did you start podcasting? Why did you add that to the long list of your to do yeah. list? Well, and that was that predates full time ministry. So it does. Yeah. yeah, there was a there was some other things thrown in there uh, when you started this. So yeah, it's it was kind of crazy because I mean, if I'm just a hundred percent honest, I don't really have free time for podcasting, like when it comes to just saying, oh, I have time to do that. But what it does do, it's just like the situation here tonight. It's an awesome excuse and reason to get together with people that I really love, have conversations that mean a lot to me. So for me, podcasting was, uh, I, I just loved it personally. I love listening to podcasts. And it ends up I really enjoy uh, not hearing myself talk, but I do enjoy uh, having meaningful conversations. So I was getting into podcast in 2017. I was getting really into listening to podcast. So at the end of 2018, I really felt like the Lord was prompting me to start one. And I knew that I just wanted to be able to interview people. I wanted to talk about our music which kind of side note, Noteworthy was originally started thinking, I'm probably going to just talk about music and interview artists. And and then what happened is just organically, the podcast grew into not just music ministry, but all kinds of ministry, youth pastors, um, pastors, uh, ministry directors, I mean, all kinds of exciting things. And so I was going through podcasts trying to find some to listen to. And it said explicit, explicit. And I was like, man, there's hardly any good podcast that I can listen to. Um, I don't like to listen to profanity. I don't like to listen to off-color stuff. And most most podcasting is like that. And so I started feeling convicted. We need to have good apostolic podcast out there. And so I was like, we're going to start one. It's been an amazing journey. Since we started this one, there's been a lot of incredible apostolic podcasts, including... A culturate by Matthew Fairclough. Shameless plug. Um, for real, guys, you need to go listen to this podcast. Absolutely incredible content. I think there's is there six or seven episodes now. I think there's seven. Okay, so 
Every episode is amazing. You're going to want to go listen to the episode about the snake and the table. <laughs> uh, lots of amazing stuff. But now we're seeing it, and that, that's been the goal. And I continue to do it, not because there's not a lot of other great podcasts out there, just because I, I love it. I believe in it. And anytime I get too busy and I start entertaining thoughts of, well, maybe I'll have to take that off the calendar or try to move things around and prioritize something else, I'll get a phone call or a message from somebody. Or I'll meet somebody at a church that I'm visiting at, and they'll tell me about an episode and how God used it to to help them. And that is the fuel that kind of keeps it going. So I love it. And I love that you guys are are here. This is awesome. I love it. Awesome. So we've kind of already stated this, but for the listeners um, that are regular to the Noteworthy podcast, they're used to uh, finding out about things uh, of people that you get to interview, uh, great ministers, great worship leaders. Um, but uh, we kind of want to learn some stuff about you today. So share with us something that probably most people don't know or would not know about Nathan French. Something that they don't know. Okay. Maybe we should ask Rachel. (laughs) Can we call Rachel real quick? Yeah. Well, when I was 16 years old, I was playing basketball. (laughs) (laughs) This is a true story. Let him tell the story. (laughs) I was was playing basketball. I was on my uh, team. We were called the Calvary Eagles. I was one of the star players. (laughs) No, but I was on the team. And I ended up uh, breaking my ankle, and I finished the game on a broken ankle. Actually went a week uh, before I went to the doctor, and um, then I had to have surgery on my 16th birthday. Literally on my birthday, I was having surgery on my ankle. Wow. So that's a story maybe not everybody knows. Yeah. I was thinking when you were talking about podcasts that if you – our regular listener to Noteworthy, you know, Nathan um, likes to listen to podcasts when he does a certain <laughs> thing around the house. So, you wanted to explain kind of how that got started, or, or or where that how that came about. So, you're talking about when I'm doing dishes? Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> this literally just happened today. I was cleaning the kitchen today. Uh, doing the dishes, which that's kind of the one thing my amazing wife, Rachel, she is so great about keeping the house together, but the dishes in the kitchen is kind of like my space where it's kind of understood, okay, Nathan, you're going to clean the kitchen. I'm not. <laughs> so, so I do that's the dishes. That's something we did not know. <laughs> yeah. So that's something new. Marriage uh, tip. Yeah. Lo- love you, Rachel, if you're listening. Um, and so <laughs> if you want a good marriage, be willing to do the dishes. That will change your life. And um, so, yeah, I like to listen to podcasts because we have a Amazon like Echo speaker in there. And so sometimes doing the dishes can take 30 minutes to an hour. Perfect podcast listening time. <laughs> kind of unwind and just take the podcast in as I'm cleaning dirty dishes. It's amazing. So her greatest wish is for you to just wash the dish. <laughs> is basically what you're telling us. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Yes. Yes. <laughs> All right. If let's... you clean a dishwasher... Are you a dishwasher? <laughs> You're a dishwasher, dishwasher. Oh my, washer. Yeah, we're diving I'm, into deep stuff here. Ladies we're getting we're getting into deep waters. Everybody, brace yourself. Put on the scuba gear because we are diving deep today. Um, okay, so we want to learn a, a few more things before we get into life and ministry and 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 some more of the uh, uh, ministry side of uh, of Nathan French. We want to talk about just 
some other interesting things, maybe some fun things. We may laugh here, uh, but um, what are some of the uh, of your favorite books, and maybe even throw in there some of the current books that you're reading, or, or something that recently that has really inspired you, that, that that's helped you? Yeah. So, um, growing up, my favorite book was The Hobbit. <laughs> Uh, yes. I absolutely love that book, and then um, the Lord of the Rings. So growing up, those were my favorite books. But of course, when I got older, I tried to start reading, you know, some some books that I, well, I do believe those books have a lot of spiritual value in them, but some biblical application. And so I, most of what I read is, you know, application to to ministry things like that. So I just read one by Andrew Peterson, who wrote a great song, Is He Worthy? And uh, he has a book called Adorning the Darkness, <laughs> which they're laughing at me because uh, Matthew and James hate this song. I think it's a great song. And so does everyone else. Who is, it. No, it's not. It's a hit. <laughs> Obviously, people like it. But it's called Is He Worthy? And then they go, he is. And it's amazing, but they hate it. Anyway, so he has a new book out called Adorning the Darkness where he talks about songwriting. Uh, and he really, it related to me because he talks about feeling so unqualified uh, to do music ministry. And I can really relate to that feeling. Almost everywhere I go, in a guest, I just always feel extremely unqualified to be there. So that book really ministered to me. There's another book by Brady Boyd that L.J. Harry recommended to me uh, called Addicted to Busy. That book really kind of changed my life because I realized that I actually was kind of addicted to feeling busy all the time. And then 2020 kind of helped me. Uh, we weren't as busy in 2020. So, <laughs> well, I say that ministry stayed very busy, but you were at home a lot. So those are two books. Uh, that I've read recently that I really enjoy. And then uh, Simplify by L.J. Harry is a really great uh, weekly devotional that I enjoy. So there's three there, and uh, I could name more, but we'll leave it at that. That's great. So all you book readers, go grab those. Check them out. Great books. Okay, next question. If you could have coffee with any person, dead or living, who would it be? Not Jesus, because that's like a cop-out answer. If, Besides if, Jesus. If I could have coffee. If you could sit down and have coffee with any person that's alive or dead. Dead, from dead or alive. Yeah. Dead okay. Or alive. Okay. Dead or alive. Who okay. would it be? I'm going to start with um, alive. And you said other than Jesus, right? Yes. I mean, Cause we can't, obviously he's Everybody would one. be like, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You're not that spiritual. So, <laughs> so I would really, <laughs> I would really love to go to Starbucks with Lee Stone King. Like, legitimately, that would be amazing to just let him tell stories of all the people he's healed with his hand. <laughs> like, you know, like, as I How laid he was my hands dead. on their forehead, they were completely healed. <laughs> you know, I would love that. Um, that would be incredible. Somebody that's that's here today would love to do that. I think when it comes to people that... I'm going to do one alive, one just kind of historical, and then one spiritual. So... Second one would be Ronald Reagan. I would really love. Uh, I really loved Ronald Reagan and thought he was awesome. So I'd love to sit with him. And then if I had to pick one person in the Bible, it would be Paul. I would love to go get coffee with Paul because we just all relate so well to his story of being a sinner. He was saved, and he went from Saul to Paul. And I would just love to hear the road to Damascus story, like 
all the details. I would love to hear all of that. And I would definitely ask him, what did he see in that desert for three years? Oh, my goodness. Like, I know you didn't write in the Bible, Paul, but you can tell me. So many questions. I mean, I know we're nerding out a little bit here, but uh, there's so much. Like, if I could go have coffee with Paul, I I would need at least three hours to just sit there and talk to him. So, yeah, there's three. All right. So, um, Nathan, you've preached lots of messages. You've led worship at uh, youth events. Uh, you were privileged to help lead worship at, at Youth Congress uh, 2019, uh, NAYC. So you've been on lots of platforms uh, preaching. Wait, Nathan and, led worship at Youth Congress? <laughs> <laughs> preaching and ministering in different places. So what is the the funniest um thing that you have seen in church and all of your travels and church services that you've been to is there is there a funny story that comes to mind when you're thinking about all the the services that you've been in in your life um of my travels things i've seen at other churches or your own church or your own or you can just say a church in Right. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm too wise to use my own church. <laughs> Can't do that. Um, there was uh, one church that I preached at. It was kind of a smaller church, and the bathroom was like behind the platform, and so people had to like go up where like behind where you were preaching, and there was this door back there, and when they would flush the toilet, it was like loud so i remember i was preaching and it was like whoosh. And, it, and it happened two or three times i was a like rushing muddy wind <laughs> so that was that was awkward i've definitely seen uh a lot of funny things seen a lot of crazy things but that was definitely one of the best for sure okay well now we're gonna flip the question on you okay uh leading worship preaching what is the most embarrassing thing that you have done behind a microphone in a pulpit? Um, something maybe you've said, slip of the tongue, is anything that comes to mind. Uh, And we know typically you do like to baptize people in your own authority. Uh, Not that we're going to talk about that story at all. That was, that was definitely, that's the, that one's fresh. So that one hurts a little bit. So when you say that, that one, that one was hard, which it, I, I haven't mentioned on the podcast. So for those of you that are listening, I was baptizing a dear lady uh, at the church, which I'm privileged to get to baptize people a lot at our church. I really love it. But we have these like waiter things and the water always goes down into them. So it's kind of pointless. So just side note there. It's always a little uh, miserable when you're done. But uh, so I was trying to baptize this lady and for some reason my mind kind of went to a wedding and I said on the authority invested in me or something (laughs) when I, (laughs) so it was like, I said something like on the authority of me. And the second I said it, I was like, I'm so sorry, Jesus. You know that I know there's no power in my name. And so I quickly corrected myself and said, in the name of Jesus Christ, and uh, baptized her. She has been born again. We got it done correctly. But that was awful. Um, when it comes to leading worship, it was at Georgia camp and, um, there's quite a few praise members that remember this, like <laughs> Annabeth Walden, Justin Kamlick, they were standing behind me and we were singing, God is fighting for us. And it was like jamming. And I was wearing glasses at the, and they fell off of my face and 
like my foot completely crunched the glasses in front of everybody. Nice. And that was that was pretty embarrassing. And then I had to make the decision of do I leave them there or do I like get down and pick up all the broken pieces? Oh my goodness, that'll preach. Do I do I pick up the broken pieces? Oh my goodness. And so and so I Nathan's did. got a sermon on to preach someday. I got down on my knees and I started picking up what was broken. Wow. And uh, then I had LASIK surgery, so I'd never have to. If do Justin Kamlick is listening to this podcast, he's going to preach that. It's Justin's be... been on the podcast twice yeah, the Whoa. two worst episodes of noteworthy <laughs> ever i'm just kidding we love you justin we love you love you bro all right we got some rapid fire questions so oh, just answer no. them quickly first thing that comes to your mind or oh goodness all right the first this one here we go fun. if you could be an animal for a day any animal what would you be <laughs> a dolphin <laughs> Okay, we might need to. So we did this to Nathan because he asked both of us this question on the podcast. And we were not uh, prepared for that question either. No, no, no. And he so, makes fun of me because I said dolphin because that's literally the first thing that came to my mind. You're welcome. It was a historical moment in our lives. True, true. Okay, what's your Starbucks order? So right now I'm obsessed with the iced shaken espresso, and I get it with two pumps of caramel added to it. Fancy. I actually tried that because you recommended it. It's did really you, did you like it? It was good. It was very good. Amazing. All right. Pizza toppings. I like to stick with pepperoni. Um, if, you know, if if you're talking about like weird toppings, I can do pepperoni and like sausage or pepperoni and uh, pepperoncinis is the weirdest pizza I can do. It's like I like pepperoncinis on pizza, but. That's the weirdest Buffalo thing. chicken? I love buffalo okay. chicken pizza. Just making sure. What yes. about pineapple? Let's No, I can't I can't do I can't do anything sweet on a pizza. It has to be something either with a little spice to it or bite to it. Okay. Like yeah, these are very important questions we yeah, learned. That was important. Did I pass <laughs> the test there? You did. What's your Chick-fil-A order? So I like to get a number one and add American cheese to it. Yes, that mm-hmm. is mine too. I didn't know that. We had in this moment. It's so that. beautiful. Okay, favorite <laughs> favorite apostolic original song right now. Just one. Just pick oh, one. Oh man. We're gonna put you on the spot. There's a lot of good ones out. There's a lot of good ones out right now. Ones. Or maybe one that's been on repeat. Won't let go. Nathan plus Rachel. No, it's not one of mine. <laughs> one of mine. Uh, I'm gonna have to go with Forever My King by Frankie Taylor at the moment. At uh, I have been listening to that song nonstop. And I don't know if you've heard Ezra sing it yet, but it's the cutest thing that's I've ever awesome. seen in your life. So um, love you, Frankie. That's a great song. Thanks, bro. Okay, last one. What's your favorite song to lead worship to? Like while you're leading worship? Oh, man, that's hard too. That's tough. I'm tossing it up between two songs right now. You can give Can both. I mention two? You can do two. So You're With Us is legitimately one of my favorite songs to lead. Which, fun fact, Matthew Faircloth <laughs> wrote this song, and um, we ended up recording it. He was so kind to let us do that. I absolutely love that song. We just did it at Strong Tower Youth Camp. I know you guys saw it online, but I'm telling you, it was hopping in that room. They had yeah. these subs. like All the subs and like the building shaking, you can't feel that online. So like that was the best. Like When it comes to doing You're With Us, that was incredible experience because they all knew it and it was really hype. Uh, more serious songs. Uh, I love leading "Pour It Out," written by Kevin Daniel. 
um, just because you're with this is not a serious song. If yeah, you didn't catch that, I guess. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. Like <laughs> it's so more like a play song. Is like, <laughs> yeah. You're with this is like fun and cheerful. Yeah, yeah. and and. <laughs> Pour it out, which is more has more chords in it. <laughs> pour it out is more anointed, <laughs> right? right, right. Exactly. More anointed, more feeling, more yeah, passion. God moves more. So, <laughs> so I love poured out. Just that line poured over my family. Um, great I get song. emotional yeah. literally every time I sing it, and I've yeah, done it like a hundred times. So love it. It's so good. Um, real quick, before I turn it back over to James, let me just say this to Nathan. Okay, we'll try and be serious for a moment. Like you've probably noticed that he's mentioned a ton of names of people in his life, like friends and shout outs and stuff. But mm-hmm. that's really who Nathan is. And I know that we're kind of celebrating Nathan's hundred <laughs> episode, but like oh, he mentioned the pod podcasting, he mentioned <clears throat> songwriting and stuff, but like that's the great thing about Nathan is um, when someone comes to him and like when I, like I did, I was asking for tips about how to start a podcast and he immediately sent me a bunch of information and was trying to help me out. But that's the kind of friend that he is. Like he's mm-hmm. he's such an encourager, he's such a giver, and uh, that's why he made it to a hundred episodes. Oh my I mean, goodness. exactly. I did seven episodes of Acculturate, and I've already had to take a break. You know, but <laughs> <laughs> but that's it's what it's it's so successful because of of the person behind the microphone. Yeah. So, oh my goodness, shout so out true. to that me. means a lot to me. So true, so true. Okay, let's let's talk about your family because um, I heard. I believe it was Brother Tenney say one time uh, that behind every uh, great man is a great lady, mm-hmm. uh, or even better lady. So um, yep. Rachel better is, guess, yeah. yes, yeah, you definitely married up, yes, and uh, Rachel French yeah. is really amazing. And so we, we want to kind of learn about how did, how did you guys meet, uh, which we kind of know a little bit of the story, uh, but just kind of tell, tell listeners <clears throat> Kind of how y'all met, and and um, and how you knew that Rachel then Adams was the one. Yeah. So Rachel was born and raised in Georgia. I've only lived in Georgia for ten years. So believe it or not, uh, this month is ten years for me uh, since I moved to Georgia. Congratulations! And uh, goodness, I've known you guys most of that time. Uh, and I, I met Matt like almost instantly when I got to Georgia. And then I think, goodness, it was just like a year later that, or a year or two later that we met James. So anyway, so Rachel and I met at the Georgia District Campgrounds and we were on the same praise team. <clears throat> she wouldn't really talk to me very much, but <laughs> we were on the same praise team. And then I ended up uh, just noticing her because couldn't really help it. She was just, she loved people, she was beautiful, and uh, just was always serving others. So I'm like, I need to get to know this girl. So I went to her and I said, I, uh, literally, I said, I play acoustic guitar. <laughs> that was the first thing I ever said to her. <laughs> Great pickup yeah. line, fellas. Any, any single guys I out there. play guitar. If you play guitar, that's, that's a great first line. <laughs> right. So that's really all I had going for me. So I was like, I'm, I'm gonna. I play guitar, and um, I love campus ministry. And uh, I actually, I wasn't lying. I had been involved in campus ministry when I lived in California for a couple of years, and I did worship sets on campus, and I loved it. So I told her, I said, I love campus ministry. I'd love to be a part of it. And I gave her my number, and uh, that was 
kind of where it all started. Started going to her campus ministry, and like three weeks later, we were dating. And I knew she was the one uh, on our first date. And then at the end of the first date, I told her uh, that I wanted, I said, could you go on a date again next week, next Monday? Because I didn't want her to go home thinking I might not call her again. But for some reason, I remember that because I didn't want her to go through the night thinking maybe he didn't have a good time or maybe he won't call me again. So I was like, what's next Monday looking like for you? And then we only dated for Did uh, she answer months. you right then or, or did she like have to wait the she next day like, to get back well, to She was like, well, I've got some stuff going on. <laughs> no, no she, she was like, next Monday looks good. Nice. I was like, praise God. We dated six months. We were engaged five months. So in a year's time, we were married from that awesome. point. And we've been married seven years in August. So. Wow. So you've got two kids now, mm-hmm. Judah and, and uh, Ezra. Yeah. And um, I know Matt kind of threw this question. We were kind of discussing the, the podcast beforehand. Uh, Matt is about to be a father for the first time Woo! in just about a month. Come and on. Um, so what's so uh, excited. What, what fatherhood tips do you have, dad hacks, uh, do you have that you can uh, you can share with the listeners things oh, you've man. learned being a father? Wow. Well, yeah, I'm in the presence of uh, two two great dads right here, so I definitely don't really feel qualified. But I would say we have two boys. Um, my number one piece of advice is just make time because just because you have kids doesn't mean you're gonna have time. You know, a lot of people think that everybody takes time for their kids, but not everybody does. So I guess one of my main pieces of advice would be uh, take that time. Like at the beginning of the episode when you asked me about my day, there's not a single day that goes by where I don't spend time with uh, with my family. So I think that's important. And then also uh, be okay with uh, being imperfect and being embarrassed because that's going to happen a lot. And just roll with the punches. Um, it's when your child gets old enough to throw tantrums and stuff. Uh, it's going to be embarrassing, and it'll be more embarrassing if you just handle it poorly. So just learn to roll with it and have a good time. Most of the time, people understand, and if they don't, then just they're not worth stressing about anyway. So <laughs> yeah, yeah just make time and uh, teach them what you want to be important in their life. Teach them the word of God. Um, which I got to tell you, Rachel's really amazing with that. I mean, there's so many nights where I'm exhausted and I'm like, go to bed. And she's like, quote Deuteronomy 6.4. You know? <laughs> she's amazing like that. So um, I've got a great wife and that, that's a great mom to our kids. So, yeah. Awesome. Amazing. What's the, the, the favorite thing that you guys like to do together as a family? What's your favorite thing? If you guys have a free afternoon or a free day, what's your favorite thing you like to do together? So we like to... Um, go on walks. Judah loves to just walk around the neighborhood. Um, the big thing right now that's really funny, but you know how whatever's going on in your life at the moment, it just tends to stand out to you. So this is random, but uh, Judah and Ezra are obsessed with going to the car wash. So like, <laughs> no joke, like Judah will ask me, like, it's he'll be like, you'd, be, you'd think he's asking me to go to Six Flags or something. He's like, Daddy, today... Can we go to the car wash? And we'll take them through. It's $10. And you know how they let you vacuum for free at the end? 
that's like his birthday present, getting to vacuum wow. the car. So I'm like, let the Lord use you, son. <laughs> so Child labor. That's the big thing that's right awesome. now. Just just time spent together. It's not really anything specific. Just all the things that kids kids love. Judah was really into Nintendo Switch. He's on a break from that right now for some reason. He's not as into that, but we like to play uh, Mario Kart together as well. Very cool. Mm-hmm. And Judah is actually really good at Mario Kart. So yeah. and Mario Odyssey. Like, yeah, he's he crazy can, good. At he that can game. probably beat anybody listing right now. So yes. yeah. Shout out to uh shout out to Judah. So Judah. we've talked about Nathan the the man, Nathan the husband, Nathan the father. Um we want to ch- kind of change gears for a second and talk about Nathan the minister. Um so let's back up and Go back several years and talk about how you came into ministry. When did you first start feeling that pull to ministry? Was it a single event? Was it a series of events, that call to preach, that call to ministry? What did that look like for you? How did you respond to that? Um, and then how did it kind of evolve into now you're you're involved in district ministry, you're a youth pastor, you're a uh, recording artist, worship leader. So just kind of walk us through uh, your your process into ministry. Yeah, yeah. Great question. <laughs> you know, <laughs> sounds like a familiar question, but it does it it does feel you know my personality being on the receiving end of these questions. I just love hearing other people's stories, but. You know, for me, and it's funny when you ask these questions because I have to really think about them because I'm always hearing it from somebody else and I'm like, wow, I, I don't really think about it for me as much. But um, when I was a teenager, uh, around 14, uh, well, 13, 14 years old, uh, Brother Paul Mooney was my pastor at the time at Calvary Tabernacle. My dad was the vice president of Indiana Bible College when I was growing up. And so I remember very vividly when anybody asked me, when did I start feeling a call to preach? It was, it goes as far back as seeing my dad preach. That's the first time I remember because he's always been my hero and he's my pastor now and very honored to serve with him. But, uh, and then when I would hear Brother Mooney preach, uh, it was like there was just this drawing to like, while other 13-year-olds were just sitting there half asleep, I was just so drawn into, wow, that was so neat how he said that and how he used that story. And that really impacted me. And I started realizing that I had like a deep love, uh, like a Patrick Harvey love for preaching inside <laughs> of me, which if you guys know Patrick Harvey, he just he can remember every sermon he's ever heard. And I forget a lot of things, but I don't really forget preaching. It just impacts me so much. And I started feeling that call on my life. At that time, a lot of my friends in the youth group were actually, they were going to church, but they they really weren't living for God. And so I remember remember being at uh, like a birthday party, and they were watching some R-rated movie. And I remember I got up and I walked out. And it sounds so funny now as a 30-year-old man, but when you're 14 years old and you feel like everybody's going to make fun of you, it feels like a big deal. Right. And I got up, I walked out, and I remember this was this was just a very prominent moment in my life because I felt like I would be the only one who took that stand. But when I walked out, there was this door, and it was like it had this old handle on it. And I remember it was like, 
and it's like this loud door. When I walked out, it was so awkward. It was so loud. And I sat in the hallway, and I'm like, Lord, I'm committing myself to you. I'm not going to watch that. I'm not going to do that. My parents have taught me better than that. And I know I've got a call on my life, which sounds easy now, but it was really awkward at the time. And I'll never forget, I heard that door. And I kept hearing it over and over again. It was four people sitting in the hallway with me, five people sitting in the hallway with wow. me. Wow. And they said, I just needed one person to get up and leave. And that was all the strength I needed to do it. Oh, goodness. That's amazing. I'm getting emotional just thinking about yeah. it. But I remember that day. I remember the movie. I remember everything about that day. That's and the awesome. Lord spoke to me in the hallway and said, if you'll do the right thing, other people will follow you. Wow. It may not feel like it. Oh, goodness. That's so, so emotional good. talking about it. But it was just, here it was just at a birthday party, and I felt like that was the day that God said, I, I want to use you if you'll let me. And I think people will, will listen to you if you'll listen to me. Whoa, That's so That's good. So, That's so good. Um, when I was uh, 17, I was living in California. I told my youth pastor that I felt a call to preach. The first person I told that I felt a call to preach was my father. And he said, you need to go tell your youth pastor. And so that's what I did. I just took his advice. And my youth pastor said, um, what you doing next week? Because I want you to preach our youth service next week. And wow. I was like, well, that, that took off quicker than I wanted. <laughs> and um, that youth group had over 100 people in it. So the first wow. time I ever preached was to over 100 people. It was terrible. But I, I remember I was so scared, probably more scared than the average person minister's kid you know you would think as a pk that it would just be like i'd be so familiar with it that it wouldn't scare me but i remember i was sitting in my room and my mom had cancer at the time and my hands were just shaking and it was a hard season in life and i remember my hands were shaking and i got down on my knees it was like this dramatic moment where i was about to go to the church and preach and uh i told god i said if you'll anoint me I'll preach for you the rest of my life. Wow. But if you don't, I'll never preach again. Mm. And I, I, I said, this is a one-time deal. If I don't feel anointed, if I don't feel your help, never again. And I remember I got up and I preached and it was terrible, but I felt so anointed. Mm. I, it was like, so it was good. It was awful. But I just felt God's presence so strong. I said, okay, Lord, looks like this is the rest of my life. And I've been trying to live up to that ever since so was your mind made up at that night when you left preaching that service did you know this is what i'm going to do for the rest of my life yeah i felt like i i knew i didn't know the extent of what god was going to do i've never been one i know some people can look at their life and and they can feel like i knew god was going to do big things you know i've never i've never been one i know god does big things, but I've never been one to assume, you know, I'm going to do big things. You know, I've never been that kind of person. So I never knew the extent. And, you know, I've done a lot of things that I really never dreamed I would get to do. But from that day on, I told the Lord, you know, that if it's 10 people, 15 people, a thousand people, whatever you want, I'll, I'll be there and I'll try to listen to you. Let me throw this question in because I think particularly with younger ministers, this happens uh, more often probably than we talk about. But after that initial moment, I think you said it was at 17, 
oftentimes, particularly with, with younger ministers, I, I know this happened with myself, and I think both of you probably can relate to this, is that there comes a point after that moment where you question, am I really called? Was that just a moment? Yeah. Did yeah. I just, you know, did I just eat some pizza or did I drink a Red Bull and I was just hyped up just in that moment? So after that moment, did you ever have hit a hard time in life where you questioned if this is really what you were going to do the rest of your life? Or yeah. was it settled and you never questioned it after then? Yeah. Well, my my mind was made up. I was settled. But it, God called me at a really hard time in my life. I had mentioned that my, my mom had cancer at the time. And just to skip ahead, just so everybody knows, she's... She's here today, completely healed of cancer. She's a cancer survivor. Awesome, so praise man. God. But at the time, I was in the middle of that, uh, and this was this was the first time she had cancer. Later on down the road, she she got it again. She beat it again. When we got here, right when we got to Georgia, she was told she had cancer for the second time. And so I remember like coming home, and I feel this anointing on me. And uh, I remember I got home that night, and mom's hair was starting to to go and so she was she was you know as apostolics we believe that that your hair is your glory and a woman's hair is her glory and I remember I got home that night and I remember my mom was crying because she was she had her uh she had her hair in her hands and she would say that's my glory (laughs) yeah and I remember that emotion of that just wow god you just are so good and here I am just like why is she dealing with that I remember I felt like God was allowing our family to go through that because he was going to help other people through what we were going through but it was it was an interesting thing that at this moment of divine help from God feeling a divine need from God and I feel like if we ever lose the divine need we'll lose the divine help so that's always stuck with me that's awesome i'm gonna i'm gonna ask one more question about ministry and then i'll pass it back to matt Mm -hmm. because i know we're gonna talk about your music ministry as well but um just as it relates to your preaching ministry i know you've asked this of of many ministers that have been on the podcast so we want to ask you because we want to hear from you what is your uh preparation process when you go to preach a sermon um when you when you get that topic or you get the thought, God speaks to you, uh, and you know the topic or the subject, maybe the title or scripture of what you're going to preach. From that moment till you walk to the pulpit, what does that process look like for you? Yeah, yeah, I love that. So, uh, first of all, you guys are both incredible preachers. I love hearing both of your takes on. You know, that's the thing about preaching that's so incredible is everybody approaches it differently. You know, if we had to hear, besides our pastor, we should always want to hear our pastor, but if we didn't get to hear any variety, we'd probably get tired of just about anybody except right. our pastor. But <laughs> right. But you know what I'm Amen. saying, right? If it was the yeah. same person at camp every year, we'd get tired of that. And yeah. God uses us in different ways. So for me, I'm a I'm a title guy. So God usually gives me the title first. So he'll give me a... It'll start with uh, time with God, time in the Word, and then I'll get a title. He'll kind of drop a title. And for me, the title is the the theme. It's like, that's where I'm going. That's going to be what I'm preaching on. I'm going to try 
not to stray from that. I'd rather preach on this title for 20 minutes than four things for an hour, and then nobody really get anything out of it. So it usually starts with the title, and, and I'll get that title from Scripture, from time in prayer. Sometimes I'll get a title just in prayer. It won't even be that I'm sitting down. Most of the time it's when I'm reading the Word of God, but lately it's been... Like, I'll just be in prayer, and I'll, and God will, will speak to me. Like, when COVID was going on, I was praying at the church, and I went to unplug the LED lights, because I like to turn on the, the LED lights on the platform, and those are the only lights that are on when I'm in there praying. It may sound creepy, but that's that's just how I like I don't like it, all the fluorescent lights on and everything when I'm praying. And I went to unplug it, and God spoke to me and said, leave the lights on. And so I left the lights on, and... uh the doors were locked. I was the only one at the church. And God said, the doors may be closed, but the lights are still on. And wow. so I knew. Wow. That's good. I knew, okay, you know, so that was a time where God just spoke to me out of prayer. And then I'm in the Bible like, I need something to support this, you know. <laughs> but most of the time it's reversed. It, you know, yeah. you, you know, yeah. that, I wouldn't recommend that. You want to, you want something to support. Right. You know, you want something with substance to, to lead you into your study. Yeah, so. Right. Um, and then I am a manuscript note prepper, but I'm not a manuscript preacher. So I prep my notes word for word, but I don't preach them word for word. And really, when I write out my notes, it's, I usually have a max of three points. And then if I if I go over three points, I feel like... I'm probably going a little too long, and I'm probably going to lose people. So I've kept it introduction, and then I have three points. My first point, I like to be either a story or just something that catches people's attention and relates to them. I like to relate to people before I try to minister to them. Because I feel like if I can relate to them, then I'll be able to minister to them. Yeah. And so uh, I'm manuscript, but when I get up, uh, I don't use, which I know like we just came out of camp. I didn't use my notes a whole lot, but I had very detailed notes. So to me, my manuscript notes is rehearsing. It's like when they say when you write something down, you remember it better. Mm-hmm. That's what my notes are for mm-hmm. me. If I write it all out, then I have a map in my head. And the thing is, if I didn't do that, then I would be more reliant on notes. But because I have the notes and I've mapped it out, I'm not reliant on them. So uh, I'm a, I'm a storyteller preacher. I really like to connect with people with stories because I grew up hearing people like Paul Mooney and O.C. Marler, and they could just tell a great story and bring it to the altar. And so that definitely impacted me. But I don't really know how to describe how I am as a preacher, except my philosophy that I live by is I'm not here to impress anybody. So like if I'm, if, if my goal in the message, which Rachel told me this the other day, she says that I say that a lot when I preach and I don't realize that I say that, but I'll be preaching. And I'm like, I don't care if I impress you. I'm trying to help somebody. Like <laughs> I don't realize that I do that, but I guess it's just such a part of who I am. Yeah. I really, at this point in my life, I'm only 30, but I really do not care if I impress somebody, 
uh, my I'm just trying to to reach somebody. I, when I was younger, like 2019, I was like, I need an impressive message. I need like a Wayne Huntley title, and I need something yeah. that's going to pull it all together. And I just took all that pressure off of me, and I, I definitely feel like everybody should do that because I'm not definitely. Wayne Huntley. I'm not Scott Graham. I'll, I'll never be like them. I, all I can be is me. So I feel like when people decide they're going to be themselves is when they walk in their purest anointing. Let me throw one more question in, and Matt's going to give me the, a stare in a second. But <laughs> I, I, I see you guys looking at each other, and I'm like, just hit a really good point up, that I think, James I think is great for our <laughs> – you, you have a lot of young uh, ministers – that listen to this podcast, I think yeah. what you just said was great, is that you, you have to be yourself. So yeah. you come from a family of, of preachers. Your, your brother's a preacher, your, your, yeah. your dad's a preacher, and, and you yeah. grew up around preachers. Great so preachers. How, how did you, kind of being the youngest coming up, how did you kind of find your own lane? How did you yeah. try not to be somebody else, which is, is, is easy to do when you're starting out? How did you kind of find your own lane and, and know, yeah. okay, this is going to work for me? That's a good question. Um, I'm going to have to remember that one. <laughs> That's good. Um, so just for example, my dad is my pastor. My oldest brother is my associate pastor. So the church here is my dad, my brother, and me preach quite a bit in our church. We all preach completely different. We're totally different. Um, it's There was one Sunday where um, all three of us, there was Sunday school was Ryan, Sunday morning was dad, and then Sunday night was me. And people commented how different all three of those uh, sermons were or lessons were. Um, you know, when I was younger, I really, like, and even today, when I think of who I want to be like, I'm like, I just, just want to preach like my dad, you know, because my, he's my hero and, and he's he's does it so well. And uh, I remember when I started preaching, though, that if I tried to be like anybody else, I would f- I would feel <coughs> this pressure, like, well, I have to be like them or I have to sound like them. And maybe this will help somebody, but yeah. it helped me. I always felt a pressure to be fiery. I know that sounds funny. Right. But I grew up in the, uh, you know, the apostolic movement where most of your preachers are like, praise God. And now I love to, to you know, right. I love to preach and I get excited, but I no longer feel a pressure to get up and when I'm reading my text, you know, then Peter said, you know, I just, I don't feel the pressure to do that anymore. And I found out that when I took that pressure off of me, because my dad's very fiery. Um, Ryan is 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 fiery, but he's I can see he's taken the pressure off himself too. He's just he's he's really just being the truest form of himself when he preaches. And so I think for me, it's just if you're fiery naturally, then you be you. But if you like to take some time and settle into that and try to connect and relate with people first, that's me. Like when I approach a conversation, I don't attack somebody. So when I approach a message, I don't attack a message. I take time to to form a relationship there. And everybody does it differently. Like Luke Levine just preached senior camp. Right. And he came up, he's like, I need y'all to bring my mic up at first because I don't I'm not gonna talk loud for a while. Because he just knows and you know Luke Levine, he's a fiery preacher, 
but he's learned about himself that when he gets up, he's going to take his time right. to get to that moment. So take the pressure off. Just learn who you are. When we can identify our own flaws and our own strengths, then we can be the best version of ourselves, rather than trying to be some carbon copy of somebody else. So good. He's he's dropping some nuggets on us today on on the 100th episodes. Oh, man. So uh, this is great. I love this, guys. This is so fun. Matt is unplugging my mic now because I've been talking (laughs) too much. So I'm (laughs) going to pass it back to Mike. You guys are natural. Is it my turn now? I'm just kidding. (laughs) So you've talked a lot about ministry, um, and a lot of what you said probably can can definitely be applied to all kinds of ministries. But one uh, area of ministry you've been gifted and successful in is songwriting. And uh, I know you've probably shared some on the podcast about certain songs. And you're talking about your mom and her testimony in that journey yeah. Yeah. through battling cancer. And I know that Great and Mighty came out of that experience. But o- your overall songwriting journey, how did that begin? Mm-hmm. And what's it like now? Yeah. So I come from a very musical family. So my mom and dad were very musical to my knowledge, they've never been songwriters. At least if they are, they've never told anybody. I've never heard a song that they've written. So the music didn't start with me, but the songwriting did in my family. Nobody was a songwriter. But I remember being nine. My grandpa has these humiliate. you know, he had these humiliating home videos of me, like sitting on the stairs, and I'm like, I wrote a song, Grandpa. <laughs> And uh, where are these videos? They're they're (laughs) awful. And I wrote a song about like America. (laughs) It was so. And there's a video of me. I'm nine. I'm like America. It's like it's terrible. But I remember there was this like. (laughs) I need to see this. Like so bad. It's my new life goal. So bad. And then Jonathan. Jonathan would always just get up there and harmonize with me, and like it was so funny. But like truly, truly loved songwriting, and so. I was writing songs at 9, 10, and and then they were all terrible. I remember I was 12 and wrote a song. Jonathan and I wrote a song called Our God is One because my dad's book had just come out. And uh, and uh, it was, you know, everybody was like, we need a song about one God. And Jonathan and I wrote it, and Lyndall Anderson asked us to sing it at Music Fest. So I remember being 12 and like I'm in front of like 2,000 people singing a song that I had just written. And that kind of lit a fire in me, which, you know, I don't think Lyndall Anderson knows how much that meant to me. I I, I got to tell him later on when Rachel and I got to honor of going and being guest, I got to tell him about this, which was really special. But it lit a fire in me that what you write, there is a chance people will hear it. Mm. It's like it just... it. And that's not, you know, some songs you write for you, and it doesn't really matter if anybody hears it. But I think there are some songs that God gave to you because he wants people to hear it. And so when I was uh, 16, I wrote the first, like, really serious song I wrote was Pilot Song, and we ended up recording it. Mm-hmm. That's the oldest song that we've recorded. I mean, I was 16 when I wrote it. Most of these songs have been written in the last few years. But um, very singer-songwriter style. I love acoustic guitar. Later on, I tried to learn how to play piano a little bit. Matt knows I'm still very <laughs> much working on that. 
Um, which I just found out I might have to play Believe for it on Sunday, so I'm pretty terrified about that. Oh, that's exciting. But, um, you know, it just lit a fire in me. I love to tell a story when I write. And so for me, the songwriting journey is usually uh, not a title. It'll come from a melody, a melody first, and then I'll start putting a lyric to that melody uh, and then I can start feeling, okay, what's what's the theme? Where am I going with this? It's not really a great answer, but I'm not a great songwriter in the sense of I'm not a, uh, I'm an inspirational writer, which they tell, you know, if you're talking to like James Wilson or Frankie, they're like, you need to write even when you don't feel like it. <laughs> I'm not good with that. I'm going to be honest. I, I usually have to feel something um, and and feel like, okay, this is important. And then I'll sit down and write it. So that's kind of the process for me. And now I get to co-write with a lot of people, which is a whole new level of just excitement. Absolutely love co-writing. That's kind of my new passion. I don't like to just leave it with me. I like to uh, meet up with another artist and get their take on it. Yeah. So. And we have a song we co-wrote that ne- Oh my goodness. One day it'll be out there. You'll hear it one day. <laughs> I mean, I'm excited. It needs to be recorded because it would be at every youth camp like like if if we can get that song recorded, I think that's going to be a youth camp yes, song. Yes, so stay tuned. Yes. Okay, we have one last question. I'm kind of going to smash two into one. Okay. Um, you you always close our interviews with a with a question stemmed from Brother Cunningham's message at Youth Congress, Generation Z, Apostolic to the Core. Yeah. And so think of it as directed towards younger people. Um, some people might look at your life and uh, on social media or whatever that don't know you or even that do know you. And obviously we all know that social media isn't everything and that you and right. Rachel, you you have this family, you have these beautiful kids, you have these awesome yeah. ministries you're involved in. But, but you've also faced like, you know, your own circumstances and battles and all that stuff. But what would you say to young people who are maybe they feel the call of God to minister, but they're not seeing a ministry bear fruit yet, or mm-hmm. they want to be married and they're not there that they don't ever think they'll reach that point. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's my first question. My second is what would you say to them about how to be apostolic? Yeah. How to be ministers, how to live godly in this crazy world. Yeah. What's yeah. your advice? And that's, that's good. That's really good. I I'm, searching through my mind saying where do I start but just to start with where is a young person that they may not see the fruit yet of of ministry in their lives I would just encourage you that God will not put more on you than you can handle to explain that a little further I was driving with Rachel just the other day and we had a really cool opportunity to minister somewhere and I told and I'm 30 years old now and I, I told her, I said, I was able to completely experience this moment, but I don't think 10 years ago I could have handled this moment with humility. And that, that really stuck with me, and Rachel and I have been praying about that. I think sometimes God holds off on some things. He's holding it until you can handle it. Oh my goodness! Mm, that's good. Sometimes he's that's holding good. it real good. until you. Somebody can, tweet that right my now. Goodness. Pull over your car <laughs> right now. <laughs> I mean, and tweet that. God's holding it until you can handle until it. until you can handle it. And that 
that was the case for me. There's a lot of things that if God had allowed me to do them when I was 19, 20, I think it could have hurt my relationship with God. Mm -hmm. And God loved me too much to allow that opportunity at that time. And, you know, we have to be careful when we're chasing pulpits and platforms instead of our, our purpose and what God is really calling us to do. God isn't calling us to a platform. He's not calling us to a mic. He's calling us to service. Mm-hmm. And so if, if, if you'll serve other people, then God will bring into fruition some of those other things. But that's not why we're doing those things. And if it ever is the reason why then our ministry will be very much stunted and will not have longevity. What's the saying that uh, you have to have? I can't think of it now, but you have to make sure that your your depth, that you have the depth to sustain the character, to sustain the depth that God has in your life. And so secondly, when it comes to being apostolic and being used of God, I would just, uh, really what has changed my life has been prayer, and I can't can't say that I just decided I was going to do it one day. It took a lot of men of God. I kept looking at Victor Jackson's and Mark Brown's and and Chris Green's and all these Landon Gore's, and the list can go on and on, Sam Emery, Wayne Huntley's, Scott Graham's, and I'm like, what do they all have in common? And the one thing they all have in common, they have two things in common. They're true to themselves and they're dedicated to prayer. Mm-hmm. Any great man or woman of God has those two things in common. They are not trying to be somebody else and they've dedicated their life to prayer. And I would just encourage you at a young age, dedicate yourself to daily prayer, the word of God, and don't get caught up in who everybody else is or how other people do things. Just let God use you how he wants to use you. And I really believe that God can, he can work with that and blow your mind in ways that you never would have imagined. I've been able to do things I never would have dreamed of, like so unqualified to do them. But I just learned that all I can be is me. And it turns out that God wants to use us like we are. So, Amen. That's so good. So Can good. our musicians come? Please? Musicians come. Uh, we need Woo. to do altar Everybody call. please bow your head, close your eyes. <laughs> Sometimes you got to hold it <laughs> until you can handle it. All right. All right. Mama. All right. Well, oh my we enjoyed this interview. Oh, yes, we did. Thank you for this letting us awesome. uh, crash the party. This was awesome. This has been amazing. Uh, before we go, though, today, to commemorate this awesome occasion 100. of your 100th episode of Noteworthy, we have a surprise for you. Oh my goodness! Drum roll, please. Drum roll. We have, have lined up your an interview for your hundred and first episode. Yes, we have. We have. We picked. Oh my goodness. And so you're going to be interviewing Is Wayne he? Huntley. Are you serious? On noteworthy episode one hundred and one. What? <laughs> yes. Yes. So when? The, how? Where? Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness! So listeners. Be stay tuned. Episode one hundred and one. If you're not subscribed, subscribe right now, and uh, you don't want to miss that episode. So that's going to be amazing. I wish I could see his face right now. (laughs) Yeah, he knows he's expecting your phone call. Oh my goodness, guys, that is amazing. Oh my goodness, (laughs) I was just talking to Rachel the other day about how about how much Wayne Huntley means to me and. 
I won't go into that, but I mean, what a special person to ask. That's yeah. incredible. So thank you guys. That's going to be awesome. You're welcome. We're, we're looking forward to uh, to that episode. That'll be great. Maybe so. we could do four mics. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be great. Nathan will definitely mute my mic for that episode because I'd be be asking way too many questions. So, hey, this has been awesome. This has been a great honor, I know, for Matt and I. Yes. And uh, thank you so much for doing that. So I know typically you let the guests kind of close out in prayer. So we're going to flip that on you today. And as the listeners are driving down the road, maybe they're, you know, um, listening at the dishes right now at the kitchen sink, (laughs) cleaning the dishes, wherever they are. God is with uh, you. (laughs) as, as, As we're closing out this mile mark episode of 100 Noteworthy Episodes. Could you close us out in prayer as we end today? I'd be honored. I'd be honored. Jesus, we thank you so much for your presence that we feel here today. Lord, I'm so thankful for this opportunity to sit with James and, and Matt. Lord, I'm thankful for good friends, for faithful friends. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for this podcast and for the opportunity to make a difference. Lord, I pray that you'd bless every listener as they drive in their car. Lord, wherever they're at, we know that your presence is with them. God, I pray that this episode and these hundred episodes, God, these are created for for you, for your purpose, and for your glory. Use them however you choose to do, whether it reaches millions or our hundreds it doesn't matter we know that your purpose and your plan is in action we give you all the glory and the honor in jesus name man man this has been awesome guys i've loved this this has been great and james has eaten at least four cookies it's been awesome we're definitely gonna do this again Guys, this was amazing. I don't think I can ever go back. It needs to be three mics. <laughs> I, I, I just invited us back on the podcast. You did. Yeah, so yeah, I did. Yeah. But kind of. Or we'll just show up one day. Yeah, uh, we'll just listeners, show up. <laughs> and I'm taking over as host now. If you want. I'm because mine If you want James and Matthew back as co host on the show, you have to go to Apple Podcast, leave a five star rating and review. And leave a comment that says, we want Matt and James back now. If I get at least three reviews that say that, we will have a part two of this conversation. So be sure to go do that. I love you guys. Thanks for listening. Matt, James, do you have anything else you want to leave with the lovely people of Noteworthy? Thanks for listening today. What an incredible episode. And this definitely be one you want to go back and listen to. Um, There were some great nuggets that Nathan dropped on us today. So thank you so much again for the honor. And uh, y'all go leave those five-star reviews so we can do this again. I feel like we should end this episode by saying for Narnia. You ready? (laughs) Three, two, one. For For Narnia! Narnia!